0: Hope oh, recorded live. Well, hello, 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 out there listening audience. It's your girl Barbara McGee, coming live to you with straight talk from the hired fresh. Now, as you know, um, we come from the Bay Area. That's our home office, and you also know that we're here courtesy of www. T25CL.com, and Galaxy Talk Radio. Now, I'm more than excited to tell you that uh, I've had an amazing Martin Luther King day and uh, weekend, I think, is the best way to put it. I mean, there were several days there when it was on my mind how heavy my heart was and how I just felt like, you know, I want to do something. So I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I know it wasn't to go and enjoy myself at Yerba Buena Plaza where my niece, Erin Walker, was playing. I know it wasn't to go to downtown Oakland and risk running into Mayor Schaaf. Uh And politicking with her uh, during uh, the course of, you know, while black people are suffering and being um, uh, gentrified and moved out of the city that I love and call home. So as I sat to try to figure out what it is I was going to do, there was again Facebook And here I saw five cars and seven beautiful black women chained on the bridge, the brand-new bridge now that they've made all the fuss over to stand for the problems that we're facing in 2016 in the Bay Area and all over the nation, actually, you know, uh, with gun violence. As you know, friends of the show, Lorraine Taylor, lost both her sons in Oakland. Uh, 1,000 mothers became part of that. We also know that um, just recently um, uh, our own councilwoman lost her grandson. We've as a 15-year-old. And, um, you know, these murders are unsolved.
1: Uh,
0: We know that rent has tripled on the lake. And uh, good working folk who have made Oakland what it is are no longer welcome. So when I saw those sisters sitting on that bridge, it came to my attention that that's what I want to do. That's where I should be because it's got to stop. And we've got to make people aware in whatever way we can do that's nonviolent that we are present And we are awake, and we are not standing for it. This injustice that's creeping up and becoming a daily factor in our lives. You know, in Oakland, there is a different, uh, how do I say, reality for the white taxpayers than it is for the black taxpayers, even though the white residents have not been there that long. (laughs) And the blacks have made it what it is, you know, made it cool, made it, made it uh, the place to be, if you will. All right, so we've got a couple of callers. I've got some wonderful guests going to be on the show. We've got Pastor Dr. Kweku that's going to be with us. Let me see if I can get him on the line right now. Yes. Hello, is that you, Pastor Kweku?
2: Yes, I am here.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm so glad to have you, a friend of the show, uh, here at Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. And uh, for 2016, we've got something really new to do. And that new thing that we have to do is to be responsible for our brother. Now, Pastor Kwaku here runs Family Solutions, and he's a mental health therapist that helps families and young people deal with, you know, displacement, deal with gentrification, being run over by the corporate agenda that we all are suffering from. Okay, so, Pastor Kwaku, hold on. Let's see who else we've got on the line.
1: All okay. right. Welcome
0: to, welcome to Straight Talk. State your name. Hi, this is Thea. Hi, Thea. How are Hi. you? Okay. Hi. How, how's it going? Hold on okay. one second. You sound great. We didn't do a sound check, but I'm coming right back for you. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, you're on Straight Talk. Uh, state your name. and um, Go ahead. Do you hear oh, me clearly 40. now? Okay. Oh, this is Corey. Hey, Corey. Yeah. All right. How are you? Corey? How
3: are you doing? How are you doing, oh,
1: Barbara?
0: I'm doing wonderful. This is Corey Jeffrey yes. everyone. And Corey, you want to take yourself off speaker a little bit loud, but hold on. We're going to go straight oh. to 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 Thea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We we don't want to use your last name. We just want to okay. use um, We just want to use your first name. Okay. And we want to, we went along a little bit about what happened in San Francisco yesterday. If you want to just take 90-second intervals so we can get a rebuttal from our friends to the show and so we can take calls, that'd be great. So go ahead. Tell us a
4: little bit about what happened in your eyes. Okay, on my end, um, I was part of the Freedom Riders and the action on the Bay Bridge yesterday, January 18th.
0: Wow. Well, I applaud you. I applaud you because when I saw the pictures um, of Mrs. Anderson, who is a photographer, on Facebook, and I saw those beautiful women that could have been doing a thousand things, staying to that bridge yesterday, I stood up and applauded way out here in Walnut Creek, at Quick Creek, and screamed because (laughs) we need to have this happen across the nation. So tell us, okay, so what was your intent? Sorry? What was your intent?
4: Our intention was, uh, this is the second annual direct action, well, it was a call from the Anti-Police Terror Project, calling for 96 hours of direct action to honor and celebrate the radical legacy of Dr. King. It was all a matter of reclaiming MLK Day. And yeah, I see. So make us understand
0: what that means when you say to reclaim, and how does that relate to, how did you think of the bridge? How
4: did that come into the equation? Well, I can't speak on that matters, but, uh, you know, 50 years ago or so, back in 1965, our ancestors before us walked across the bridge Selma and how powerful and impactful that action was to take a stand against the injustice that exists in our communities, the constant and continuous terrorism that's imposed on black lives.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Kwaku, could you kind of put that in a nutshell for us? What does she mean by terrorism? Because that was the question yesterday on the news as we watch those ladies um, and the police rounding them up and arresting them at miles and miles of traffic. Everybody seemed to be more sensitive to the traffic problem. What does she mean really by this terrorism?
2: Well, I think that, uh, you know, from my perspective, I would see, you know, that this is a legitimate cause for a worthy uh, person who existed on this planet who fought and died to to give us rights to do certain things that we need wanted to do or need to do and i i was i 'm I'm really impressed and 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 I would like to honor those people who stood out there on the bridge. everybody has to do the job that they need to do that they feel within the framework of their thinking uh you know what i I see is that uh i was really what really noted me is that they don't have any problems holding down the bridge to make a movie or something. And I was noticing some of the comments some of the people were made, uh, uh, have made uh, in reference to these people talking about if they had, uh, if somebody, if an ambulance or something had been trying to get across the bridge and somebody had died, they would have been charged with manslaughter. Well, I'm sure that these organizers would have been sympathetic and let an ambulance through. So, uh, you know, it, it's a, co- what it is, is a constant Reminder that uh, we don't have freedom of choice. In other words, they want to tell us where we can go and and exhibit our freedom of of, of thought and and process. You know, someone said they should have went down to the city hall. Well, they went where they could get the most uh, notoriety for the for the cause that they were fighting for, and I applaud them for that. And uh, that is mm-hmm. terrorism when other people can do all kinds of things. And the minute that somebody says black lives or black women or people of color, then everybody get all uptight and and they they want to bring in the SWAT teams. Well,
0: absolutely.
2: I applaud you ladies. Thank you very (laughs) much, (laughs) Terridge.
0: We applaud you. you. We stand stand with you, and this is why I spent all day trying to reach out and find you, so that we could correct some of these misnomers and so we could make um, the constituents Of the Bay Area understand that black lives are living a different reality in the Bay Area than white lives. And it's being mirrored all over the country. I mean, there are black people teaching their kids. I just had a call today about a lady who was going to teach children how to handle gunfire, what to do in case of gunfire at one of the Oakland schools, how to stay safe. But guess what? They weren't talking to the white kids. So, you know, we have whites that are coming over and buying property in West Oakland in certain areas where if we were to buy property there, we would risk our
4: lives. Go ahead, Thea,
0: tell me a little bit about that.
4: Yes, I'm a, well, for one, I'm a SF born and raised native. But gentrification has been happening all throughout the Bay Area. Uh, in terms of the housing crisis, it's definitely taking place also in San Francisco and in Oakland. Uh, and what does that do? It just increases the amount of policing, which is unnecessary, and it's hurting our communities from all angles. Because okay, it's taking away our right to live, to to thrive in our natural habitat, and to thrive in the area that we call home, that where we have lived, where we have built generations and have families and friends, and many of us are being pushed out. Many of us do not feel welcome in the neighborhoods that we once did. And Absolutely.
0: That, Absolutely. And, that, and that, yeah. that, that, That's a very interesting point, not to cut you off, but that's a very interesting point. When you don't feel an affinity to what is your birthright, that right. is displacement at the root. Corey Jeffries. Uh, yes can, ma'am. You weigh, can you weigh in on this a little bit uh briefly give us your experience what you kind of do with your nonprofit, and then tell us how does that weigh into what you saw yesterday on the bridge
3: well uh thanks thanks for uh, having me on the show and 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 uh greetings and salutations uh to everybody else to your guests as well um uh this, this see this black this whole Black Lives Matter thing comes across so many different uh, uh, subjugations you might say in regards to gentrification, which you spoke on earlier. How open uh, has 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 a, a multicultural uh, history, but. You look at West Oakland now, and you and, and 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 some of the more historical parts of Oakland, and how it's being gentrified. While at the same time, the uh, the, the, the uh, uh, to gentrify an organization, to, to, to gentrify a population, you have to find ways of 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 discluding them from being relevant in the population. And my organization, the Jeffrey's Peace Project, it, it attacks just one small uh part of what the problem is and, and and the disparity of people of color yellow red brown and black uh being incarcerated uh blacks for instance are you know 14% uh, uh, approximately of the US population but we're close to 60% of the prison population and 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 uh, a new type of slavery where clothes and and and, and cars and and goods are being manufactured in the prisons with our labor again brings back uh, the same things we fought against uh, in the '60s with Martin Luther King, and and, the, and and so these protesters who were arrested for being allegedly a public nuisance, an unlawful assembly, and obstruction obstruction of free passage charges uh, within 30 minutes uh, of when they chained themselves on the freeway and, and were taken to San Francisco uh, uh, incarceration. Uh, 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 and uh, places to be held, a police department or whatever. Um, uh, All of these things go to uh, the fact that um, we're supposed to stand by and just accept anything, and if we uh, protest uh, nonviolently, but we stay out of the way where traffic and business can operate, uh, you know, they they figure by attrition, we we get we get one good one in that week, and then they don't have to worry about us anymore. Well, taking over the bridge frustrates a lot of people, and and but it gets a lot of attention. And like Dr. Quick, who was saying, an ambulance would have gotten free passage, absolutely no doubt. We're about saving lives, not taking lives. But our lives are important, and it doesn't make any sense to say uh, uh, if. If, if I robbed a bank and and, 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 and and I use that as a defense, well, 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 what about somebody who robbed a bank last week? Why do we have to just talk about this? I mean, whenever we mention black lives matter, then they, then they bring up black-on-black black crime. Well, if you want to go into black-on-black black crime, then look at the reason behind black-on-black black crime, putting drugs, drugs, uh, uh, malt liquor billboards, uh, 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 you know, up up in our in our neighborhood. You don't go to Montclair for anybody that's listening from, uh, that's not in the Bay Area. Montclair is an affluent a part of uh, Alameda County. It's, a, you know, up in the hills where all the mansions and stuff are. You don't see billboards advertising malt liquor and all of those types of things there. You, you, the people up there have jobs, and we don't have jobs. And when you give us guns, and set up a powder keg of drugs, and it's like wolves. You have have ten wolves and a thousand sheep. Those wolves get along just perfectly. A wolf wolf is a beautiful animal that the creator made that has a purpose on this planet. But when you take away all the sheep and there's only two wolves left, those ten wolves that were getting along thousands of sheep ago, uh, they start turning on themselves because the alpha male is going to eat what's left. And the other ones have to survive. And, and, and I hate to use that as an example, but when you box any any culture in and take away all of their resources for existing, and that where the only chance for them to survive is to prey on each other, you will have black on black crime. But
0: white okay. on white crime
3: is just as big.
0: So, exactly. And, and let me yeah. let me let me let me interrupt right here and just a bit uh, Athena, uh from listening to what he has to say and understanding uh, how he fits into the community with his nonprofit, with your organization, and with the projection of what people are saying, uh, clarify for us um, how we should, how how should the Bay Area wrap themselves around this? Uh, Not to criticize, and not to stand and say, well, it took me four hours to get held. I don't care. Because that's what the media wants us to hear. But in reality, we're all behind you.
4: So give us clarity
0: on what people should say about their inconvenience.
4: <laughs> yes. Um, in term- terms of organization, what you saw at took place on the bridge uh, was a collective, a black queer collective. or black seed. And... We exist, we do our work, we serve, we, we basically fulfilled our duty and our honor of, yes, all Black Lives Matter, to remind that and to disrupt business. And, yes, we do recognize the inconvenience, but so, you know, recognizing also the inconvenience of centuries of white supremacy, recognizing the centuries of systemic oppression, the centuries of interrogation and torture, that is what we were calling onto place, because what was said by Dr. King is so relevant today. And in terms of the amount of police brutality that takes place, in terms of honoring, like when we say Black Health Matters, we're looking at how there's such a criminalization among people who have mental, who have health issues, that uh, issues related to trauma. Many of us yeah. are recovering from a deep-seated wound, uh, have this wound. You know, it, it, it's, it's traumatic. We're healing. Absolutely. And this Absolutely. is um, a symbol to heal, to galvanize, to invoke uh, the spirit of Dr. King, invoke our ancestors, invoke the essence of when many of us, countless of us, shout and proclaim Black Lives Matter. In terms yeah, of convenience, so oh, go on. So let me ask you this. So yeah. when you're standing
0: there, and you're getting out of your car, and you've changed yourself, and you neatly put down this beautiful purple sign, so it could not be mistaken that that was uh, possibly the bicyclists who take over the bridge every uh, fourth um, uh, Saturday or Friday of the month. Uh, uh, what did they call them? Um, oh, I had their names. Uh, Beta breakers? I don't know. No, it's, a, it's an organization of bicycles who feel that they have a oh, lot Oh, you call of it like a critical mass?
1: Critical mass. Crit-
0: critical, critical mass, thank you. Got it. They've been yeah. taking over the bridge for the last 10, 15 years trying to get yeah. this point across.
1: Yeah,
0: and, yeah. And they've held me up for three hours, and I've sat yeah. on Harrison for two hours and pulled over. So, I mean, nobody called for them
4: to be arrested. You well, know, there's a reason for that, because what they did was not rattling the box. What, that, what critical mass does is just perpetuate the denial. There is no uh, shaking or waking people up, so to speak. There isn't any reminder of the reality of the situation. Uh, what, we brought, what we did was remind folks of the reality of the, uh, how crucial and how current it is for us to stand up and rise.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, okay, hold on one second. Let me pay a bill. Hey, everybody, this is Straight Talk with the Higher Brush. I'm your host, Barbara McGee, and you are listening to uh, on courtesy uh, Galaxy Talk Radio, and this is on www that clcom dot com. And we are talking with Thea, part of the Black Seed in Oakland, California, the Bay Area, the Collective, who yesterday was able to shut the bridge down, and make the statement. We also have friends of the show, Pastor and Dr. Kwaku, and we have uh, Corey Jeffries. Uh, now, I'd like to come back to you, Thea. I'd like to ask you this question, and forgive me, my throat is a little bit sore, but do, if you had five demands,
4: what are your demands? To divest in warfare and invest in our communities, invest in our health care, invest on saving and preserving black life. There's more to come, but in terms of honoring and in solidarity with the anti-police uh, terror project, and as well as the Mario Woods Coalition, as well as the Nieto, uh, Alex Nieto Coalition, what, demanding in terms of immediate resignation of Chief Sir, immediate resignation of officers involved in these police killings. Uh, yes.
0: What about the immediate resignation of Mayor Libby Shaft?
4: That as well. I mean, I can't – I do agree. Well,
0: I that agree is. because – let me tell you what happened to me. I went
4: to the store. Yeah, here. please tell me. I'm sorry. Let me just – okay. So I um, Black Seed extends to SFN, Oakland, and Bay Area wide. And so in terms of resignation, it would be included definitely Mayor Libby. Absolutely.
0: I went to the store, and there I found a magazine. It was called the Oakland Magazine. Now, I never heard of this magazine before, so I picked it up, and I took a real good gander. And who was on the cover as Person of the Year but Mayor Libby Shaft? And I thought, well, why would this magazine not be in Oakland, and why is it way out here in Pleasant Hill? Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm how everybody around is trying to retool the information that's really going on in Oakland. What's really happening in Oakland is being suppressed, and this is why P25CL reached out to you so that you can get this information out and we can set it straight so there's no mistake, there's no misnomer, there's no misunderstanding. You understand exactly what's happening so that we all can galvanize and act upon it. Pastor Clay Pooh i want to come to you so she talks yes. about this wound she talked about a wound over years of denial and over years of trying to get along and over years of losing their jobs and losing their place to stay and and, and just overt racism so
1: you well know, we have to... To you about this about this wound how how, how do well, treat
2: let, that well let me let me just say this first the the balance against our people is continuous, 24-7. Yeah. Uh, I, I previously worked at, uh, in uh, Hunters Point, at uh, Bayview Ooh. Hunters Point Mental Health Facility. You want to talk about violence. Violence is having, we had 95% African-American, the people of color coming into that center, and some of them have been coming after for 25 or 30 years being doped up legally. And then, then let's talk about, they want to talk about these beautiful sisters out there <laughs> shutting the bridge down to, to make a point. What about when the Giants play baseball? And I used to work over there and it take me five hours to get home. I don't like baseball. <laughs> you understand? Yes.
1: I, yes. Yeah,
2: I had, I had to sit there and wait two hours to get on the bridge when there was a ball game over there. You know, so <laughs> it, 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 these things happen when they want them to happen. But let's talk about the wound. We are mentally ill if i don't know how many of you guys saw it in fact i talked to andre number about it yesterday spike lou's movie uh uh chirac The the, the message at the end of that movie was the things that we needed to correct we needed to gain some power over if we were to start the healing and and one of the things they was asking for at the end of that movie was was to have comprehensive mental health centers all over our communities, the way that they have the the liquor stores and all the other stuff out there, because our our people are wounded. We are damaged goods. And then we have the conscious and the unconscious. So the conscious have the responsibility of bringing to the attention, the unconscious, the behavior that they exhibit that contributes to our continued enslavement into a capitalist society.
1: Now, mm.
2: a lot of these people are on medication not because of, of uh, you know, they have what you would deem a, a serious mental illness that they were going to hurt themselves or hurt anybody, but they are, they are caught up in a system where they feel hopeless. Hopelessness creates depression. Hopelessness creates anxiety. All these things that they say these people, when they come in, they say, well, you're depressed, you have high anxiety, take these pills. Another form of controlling every aspect of our being. This is detrimental to our health. It's detrimental to our physical health. It's detrimental to our mental health. And it is detrimental to our spiritual
4: health. I absolutely Absolutely. agree, doctor. Because, yes, Uh, in terms of the mistreatment and redirection of healing, we definitely do need healing centers. I definitely believe that. In terms of yes. saying that we're mentally ill, I would also say instead that we are recovering from a post-traumatic stress. What we as a people have had to endure is trauma. Trauma.
1: Yes.
4: How do people react to that then? How do people, you know, there is, there's always, um, you can never go back. You can never revert back to the place prior to trauma. You know, right. and historical trauma in terms of intergenerational trauma and seeing how the cycles of violence can perpetuate in themselves because the symptoms of like hopelessness, the symptoms of, yes. you know, believing that we're going to have a short lifespan, those are all just geared back to, to having PTSD. And, and so, recovering well, from that. May, may,
0: may I say, Ms. Dia,
4: you know,
0: sorry. what yes. also that does is that creates a culture which I noticed in many young people that I met have that God has placed in my path to minister to. But they don't see themselves existing with the need to plan or the need to make the action of, hey, things are going to get better. And, you know, right now I'm in a dry spell, but I'm going to get my education and I'm going to move forward. I mean, it's almost criminal when I see a young man with a 4.0 on Facebook and it's July and he hasn't gone to college. I mean, I'm, like, praying every day. What <laughs> Can somebody get him out of here?
4: we're
1: all in our own path. We're all on our
4: own path. You know, it, it takes time for consciousness. You can't force it. We can assist in that, but how I see it, it's a, a divine arrangement. It's um, ready, like, when enough is enough. Uh, yeah. In terms of, like, an activist, like, for instance, you cannot demand peace if there's not peace within you can't transmit something you don't have. And so it's reminding each other how precious it is to stay awake, to have a consciousness, and to, Absolutely. you know, provide hope, because all we can do is also live by example. What Gandhi said awesome. best, and I know Gandhi heavily influenced, or let me just rephrase that sentence, Dr. King was heavily influenced by Gandhi. And Gandhi yes. said two most powerful quotes that really, for me, actually, got me to, like, engage more in terms of today's political climate. One, Gandhi said was, may my life be my message. My life is my message. And then another quote that he said that was so powerful is that, what is it, be the change that you want to see in the world. And it all starts from within. When you actually embody the change that you want to see, it then becomes contagious. And so it just goes from there. That's beautiful, everybody. You're listening and, to this Great Talk
0: and, with the Higher And my name is Barbara, and we have got a riveting show. You can call in at one seven two four 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 seven four four four. Caller ID is one three one nine five nine pounds, and the pin number is one pound. You can speak with Doctor Kwaku. Go ahead, Doctor Kwaku. I see you have a point. Uh,
2: yes, I, I do. Uh, you know, while the the sister was quoting Gandhi and other people there was a quote that Martin Luther King made and you very rarely hear it because they're always playing this speech I have a dream but right before he was assassinated he also uh spoke another speech and he said we as African people must find a way to demand and claim our right to our own power yes claim our right to that yes and we have to do it by any means necessary and without the sympathies of white people. You rarely ever hear that speech anywhere. In fact, I I can hear a thousand times when they play things about it. You never hear that speech because Martin had evolved right to a point when he was was assassinated. He had evolved to understand the political climate and what we were up against, and I would suggest. I would also suggest that we not be afraid of the word mental illness or mental health because everything you think is mental and when those and, and when that process is interrupted whether it be through trauma uh in and, and, you know whatever the the pressures are that we have to live under every day they create short circuits in our brains so that we don't function or we don't make right decisions or we don't do the things necessary for us to be healthy. So we really have to win. One of the first things that we have to do, I don't care if you give us billions of dollars, people scream about reparations. And I believe that we are old reparations, but understanding the the Native American plight. These people get ooh, insurmountable amounts of money, and yet they are locked into us outside of the mainstream system and they become heavily drug addicts and heavy alcoholics, even though they have the money. So we have got to have an opportunity to take control of everything that we have to, that, that we have to be involved with. And that's from school, church, uh, hospitals, mental health centers. You can go to these mental health centers and they got people in there who are passing paper. They're not trying to solve the problems of the people. They're counting people and making a living off of them. You know, so we have to understand all of these things is a form of violence on our people. And I would like to say one other thing for those sisters, that uh, in 1970, when uh, I think uh, Nixon was was president, uh, San Francisco was 40% African American. Now it's 4.5%. Was that in
1: the
0: 70s?
2: yes, Yes, it was. And I used to, Yeah, fourteen percent. It used to, now it's less than four, about four and a half percent. And and when I used yeah. to go to work in the morning over in the middle of, it, I used to always notice on the way to work every morning, the police harassing homeless people, uh, disturbing people that have no nothing on earth, uh, you know, intimidating them for sleeping right. in certain places. They didn't have any place else to sleep. It shows you where the focus is. The focus is not on helping the, the downtrodden, it's, to, it's trying to pressure and move them out of the city. Because San Francisco, they even passed some audience down there, downtown because the shoppers were pissed off. They didn't want to see homeless people. So they was start arresting people. So you find people are moving out of San Francisco, moving to Oakland, moving out into the outlying areas. You know, uh, what, why not create some more beds? They have plenty of empty buildings over there in San Francisco. At one time, they had, like, in the Bay Area alone, over 15,000 homeless people. In the whole Bay Area, you only had, like, about 1,500 beds available to those people. So that means that 14,000 people were going to sleep on the streets of San Francisco and Oakland every night.
1: That's the
0: Well, I'd like to say that on behalf of the organization that I represent, I'm calling on the resignation of Libby Schaaf, Mayor Libby Schaaf, due to the fact that they went on a sweep just before Christmas in the worst possible time of the year when it was raining outside, knowing they only had 400 beds to assign in the city of Oakland, and they displaced 4,000 homeless people, and 60% of them were African Americans. So I mm, right. have a real problem with that. So and not, I, only, I
2: not to... only, not only should we be calling for his resignation, we should be calling for Brown's resignation <laughs> in Sacramento also, because these people are responsible for these cuts that create this you know, mass hysteria, where programs cut back, or they don't have, you know, the the, the services are not there for the help those people that really need it. And and they Absolutely. and they, so always when there's a budget cut. It's always cut on the backs of poor people. Hey,
0: this
3: Absolutely. is uh, Corey. Can I chime
0: in for yeah, a second
3: here? Yeah, go, go ahead, listen.
0: Corey. You're next, and then we're gonna go to Andre. Uh, go ahead. Okay.
3: Okay. Let me say this. Um, here's just a few things to think about when we talk about uh, uh, cognitive dissonance. The the, the 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 things the things that we like, Doctor Quick, who said are. Um, uh, uh, Distracted by to the point where it's a mental health illness for us in that things happen right under our nose we don't pay attention to. Now, if you look at the uh, – if you've ever seen a black hockey puck being knocked around on white ice, that, 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 that actually um, shows you the direction of where black people are going. So we're, we're being slid across the ice back and forth like hockey pucks. Back in the 60s, a homeless person was called a hobo, somebody that you rarely saw, jumping on and off a train. My organization, the Jeffrey's Peace Project, helps men and women formerly incarcerated find jobs and housing and and, and community reconnection. Now, um, uh, that Oakland book that somebody had mentioned about, the reason why that was in Walnut Creek and you couldn't find it here is because they haven't gotten rid of the people in Oakland. They haven't finished purifying Oakland, the way they look at it. But what they're sharing in Walnut Creek and these other places where this book is, it shows you the plans for gentrification that they have. For instance, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Basin, south of the uh, Embarcadero off of Fifth Avenue, um, they have uh, 3,500 new condominiums coming up in all that space that belongs to the Port of Oakland. Now, uh, it says affordable housing coming soon. Welcome to Brooklyn Basin. That's what it says on the surface, but then when you find out that the houses started over 300,000 dollars, who, who's that affordable for? Now look at this too. Black lives matter. That would be like, OK, black well, all lives matter. OK, but let's put it this way: Black slaves matter. So can you say all so can you say nobody should be slaves? Black lives matter because we're the only ones that are slaves. We're the, these issues have to deal with us. Lastly, let me say this. What would I look like if I said I, had an, I have an idea of uh, a uh, uh, family that I'm talking to right now? I have a great idea. I'm a black man. I'm going to go to Japantown and Chinatown, and I'm going to open a Chinese food restaurant, and I'm going to open a Japanese food restaurant mm-hmm. in those places. What kind of business, if I had any, or what kind of a joke would that be? That looks, that looks absolutely preposterous for me to go open a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, as a black man, well, how come when you go to all parts of Oakland—East Oakland, West Oakland, North Oakland—you see Chinese people and even using Latinos to do the work? They're selling us our own soul food in our own in our own, in our own neighborhood. We don't <laughs> say we we don't complain. We go there and buy off the hook fish and soul soul chicken and all of that and kind of stuff, that. stuff without one complaint. But. But but yet there's a church every every six blocks. The deeper you get in the East Oakland, there's a church everywhere. We need to, to to find solutions. Part of it is we need to hold the very church clergies that accepted that Bible from the slave master that told us we were going to get the hereafter later. Take these licks and hold this book. Your, your, your heaven will come later. I say, uh, brother. And 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 we settle for that. And, and 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 it's a billion dollar industry. They if these they let these pastors get all all this money and, and, and ask you for your dub some churches ask you for your W two before you can join the church. And those churches are huge mega churches that, that don't stir things up in the community. They just teach us how to walk in line and, and to pray on everything and and, 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 and to be dissident and, and to do as you're told and, and as a reward they get billions of dollars tax free. We need to make these pastors accountable. You know, they, uh, uh, what do I look like paying $300 worth of tithe and then I'm out in the parking lot cussing you out over a parking space? Our whole mentality is is, is ill, like Dr. Quaker said. All of these things that are happening to us amount to us being a hockey puck, being slapped okay. across so, this way, so, slapped back okay. this way.
0: Okay. We have to stop Go settling on. for that. Hold on one second, everybody. You're listening to Straight Talk with a Higher Brush. I'm your host, Ms. Barbara McGee. And, and we have a hot hour here. Uh, I want you to know we have the lovely Miss Leah, who is part of Black Seed. Leah, uh, which yes. is the Black Seed Collective. And then we also Collective. Have Collect, yes. Yeah. And we have <laughs> Pastor Kwaku, Pastor and we have Corey yes. Jeffrey. Now, we also have Of the Jeffries Peace Project. Yes. And we also have Andre Ward who is here. And Andre wants to pose a question. Go ahead, Andre. And we have a little noise on the line. So, go no ahead. Go
5: ahead. Well, first of all, I, I want to give uh, 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 gratitude and, and thanks to the sisters and the brothers yesterday in, in shutting down the bridge. You know, they definitely made a statement for sure. And. Hopefully that it just doesn't end there, that they do have a mission where they want to go with this and that other things are going to be happening in the future. But we need to have more of a collective base, a unity base, so that we can do a very serious economic impact. And this is one of the things that uh, me Brother Koyku and and Brother Corey are talking about yesterday. Is is when you're going to get out of here to Southeast It's all going to be And the talk and the actions that they understand is economics. When you start hitting people in in their pockets or in their shareholder stakes and in their dividends, then you get the attention of people. So, um, also, there's another major uh, thing that's happening right now, what's been happening all, all over the news, especially in, in our business, which is in uh, motion pictures and entertainment, uh, how Hollywood now has slapped every black woman in the piece by not recognizing their, their works for the upcoming um, Oscar Awards. But we shouldn't be too upset about it. With the with the talent that we have with the Oprah's and the uh, the Tyler Perry's and these guys who have made a lot of money, Spike Lee and F. Gary Gray, we should be having our own version of the Oscars. I've been saying it for the past few years. We need to have something called the Aussies.
3: Yeah, Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame and all
5: that kind of stuff. We need well, the Ozzy have- Award. That name okay. after Ivey Davis, and not after somebody named Oscar, and wow. we need to uh, unify and do our film projects, get a, a financial base, so that uh, Black filmmakers can do our films, and then we can have a, have our own committees and recognize our own work. We can go to show and just and just thing we, we broadcast it over our own television networks, radio networks, whatever. And so we don't have to cry over their version of the Oscars and their silly films. The, the, the films that, that they're nominating anyway, they don't make the big money. It's all subjective to their own personal little crowd. I heard a, a white filmmaker talking about it today on the television. When he goes to L.A., it's all white at the upper end of the uh, Hollywood uh, uh, power elite. He says he goes to L.A. for three days. He doesn't see one, this is Michael Moore talking, filmmaker, one mm-hmm. black person mm-hmm. in the decision-making capacity in making films. And mm-hmm. so let's don't cry over them because they locked us out. They have never wanted us in that industry anyway with the exception of, of a few films that we're slaves in, and that's the only way that you're going to get some degree of recognition if you're some type of slave or some type of subservient-type position. And so I hope that my brothers and sisters that are out there in the field that are successful in this, let's unify our efforts, let's together to make our own projects, and we don't have to worry about them. And we recognize our artists, Filmmakers, our directors, our producers for their work, and and let's just stop crying over their things. And so I definitely want to support the sisters and what they're doing. And it's a great job yesterday, and let's move forward with it. And you can always come to T25 Field Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio, to all the great shows that we have to express yourself, and we're here for you as well.
4: Thank you okay. so
0: much. I. I, 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 I I would like to make I like a statement. It, I, you know, it was very interesting. I, I'm going to close off a couple of people, but don't go away. I just, like, we're, We've got a little opening. There's a little opening sound. I'm trying to correct that right now. Okay. All right. So did you know that the director of Trainwreck, which is Amy Schumer, which is the latest newest comedian, um, came on to the Golden Globes or rather the Critics' Choice Award, and he said, do you actually realize that all of us that are sitting in this audience right now, since Oscar is our God, we're all going to hell. But when, when, when you really stop and think about how that Oscar is positioned in their lives, it's really something we don't want. And it doesn't guarantee us uh, more work more money, better, um, better um, uh, uh, positions in film. Uh, uh, so yes, we do need to have our own collective because when we understand that people come to see our sexy way, people come to watch the, what we do. People, and that's the interesting thing about Oakland, is people are there because they like the swag of Oakland But guess what? If you get rid of all of us, the creative piece, it won't be Oakland. Now, I want to tell you that there was a city called Russell City. Russell City was the first black culturally correct city in the 50s and 60s in the Bay Area. Now it's Hayward, and it's no longer all black. So this is the same marching orders that we see duplicated, that is targeted directly at what we consider our source, which is Oakland, where we have been able to come together and collectively uh, heal one another, uplift one another, and find pride in our blackness. So it's not just Oakland who's turning on us. I mean, this, if they can silence Oakland, they silenced all of us.
4: Oh, but can we're not going to be silenced. We are, ab- no, we're not leaving. And our voice can never be silent. Absolutely.
0: Well, we appreciate you standing up. Now, we're getting close to the end of our show. Our show is an hour. And, and okay. I, I wanted to know, how can we help you in this, in your, in your struggle to make this an internationally known incident? And number two, I do want to address, Mr. Jeffries, when he was talking about black-on-black black cor- black crime. And, and I do want to say uh, this one thing, that uh, after talking to several homicide uh, detectives in Oakland, you know, those 81 murders are not solved. So mm-hmm. we assume that they're black-on-black, black. but that doesn't mm-hmm. say that they're black-on-black, black because guess what? If you don't know who did it, you don't have somebody that you have got in jail with a positive identification, then who's to say that we're not being targeted to fear scare us out of our city and out of our properties that we own that have been hand down handed down traditionally by our parents. That's what mm-hmm. I think we really need to look at. Now, go ahead. Very
3: let me, true. Yeah. Let me share this with you. Um, I yeah, worked in the judicial system for. For, for about 20 years. I was I, I was down the hall from Kamala Harris before she left uh, Tom Orloff's office to go to San Francisco and become attorney general now. Uh, homicide investigator Tony Jones, Mike Gant, Ron Lighten, uh Mark Hicks, uh, uh, John Thomas, all of these guys worked right across the street from me. I went to school with these guys, high school with these guys. My dad was one of the first African-American cops in the Bay Area during the civil rights issue. Um, to uh, 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 Civil Rights Era. Let me say this: within the police department, first of all, there's a huge amount of racism. Within the police department itself, there's a huge amount of racism. And uh, also, there was such a small amount of homicide investigators when Oakland was at its peak in homicides. And mm. we come to find out some of the politics there. Without putting too much stuff on blast, because it's a sensitive matter, but if you can imagine. There were homicide investigators who were making $80,000 in overtime on top of the money that they made, the 90000 Some of them were making more money than the chief of police. Keeping those homicides going kept money in, in, in pockets. And, you know, the whole administration got turned inside out uh, uh, because no matter what politics go on inside the police department. There's a, there's a blue code. When you're out in the street, you put all your racism and stuff aside, and you work together. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that my father and some of, the, some of those handful of police officers who used, to, who used to take black kids home to their parents when they got in trouble as opposed to, you know, unless they shot or stabbed somebody or something, they would say, who, where, where do you live? Who are your parents? They were, and they got ostracized. For that very reason, because the administration wanted them to bring them down and start their criminal record as juveniles, and a lot of those officers who had college degrees were never promoted because of that. My father left after 14 years. He got tired of all the racism and 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 the fact that some some, some hillbilly from 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 South Takalaki somewhere who was an inch away from being incarcerated himself could join the military, learn how to shoot weapons, and then come join the police department, and wind up being his superior officer. All the (laughs) politics that are within the police department where you have guys who've never grown up around black people. And this is a chance for them to get some get-back on a a whole racial insensitive type of uh, uh, circumstance, and it's never addressed by the administration. Because from the top on down, they have a certain quota of results that they have to show that make it look like certain things are, are being accomplished. But at the end of the day, what comes out of it is death on the streets to these young men, is incarceration and in absorbed numbers to these young men, and mental health uh, uh, issues, uh, no jobs, um, uh, uh, and once you have that that uh, that record on you.
0: That changes your whole life. That changes your Absolutely. whole life from that point
3: on out. Your life, your life is is changed from that point out. But what Absolutely. we have the power to do, what we have the power to do. What happened to the you know the black exploitation movies they called them back in the '60s when 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 uh, uh, Jim Brown and, and Fred Williamson, uh,
0: uh,
3: uh, uh, all those guys were making money at the Lux, the Roxy, uh, Eastmont Mall, and those movies had all the heroes were black. And, of course, there, 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 was some, there was some pimping and all this other kind of stuff that was in those movies. But the fact is, you had CowPack, You had the black bar and business association owners, which my dad became a part of, having Jeff's East-West Club, uh, New Rookies Inn, Round Trees, Tolan's. All of these liquor stores and all these, and, and all these clubs that used to do these fun runs to keep each other's businesses going, now... The name is still up there. I go to Tolan's. I, 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 I pass by Tolan's Liquors in West Oakland and East Oakland, and it's, and, it's, and it's Arabs in there. You know, Middle Eastern people, Who he doesn't, he doesn't look like Tolan to me. Tolan has moved on. But they broke our families up. There were black mothers and fathers in every household on the block I grew up in. Bologna but
4: it wasn't 14. the era of families, though. It wasn't yeah. the era of <coughs> families. Yeah. It was not yeah. Yeah. other fellow yeah. minorities.
3: So, when you so but, but 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 so how did how did they infiltrate us and and break our families up like that? You well, know. Minute, hold, you on. On. Say, no. No.
1: hold
0: on, Corey. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, yeah, Go ahead. What were you going to say?
3: Yes, well, you look at okay. the food programs and things that the Black Panthers did and COINTELPRO, how they. Infiltrated the Black Panthers, brought drugs in from South America uh, to to make money to fight other causes, and at the same time,
1: these
3: there's a book everybody needs to see needs to read. This book called or see the movie Kill the Messenger, and this 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 movie talked about how the government itself was complicit and securing drugs for the black neighborhoods and it only became an epidemic when these rich white kids started coming out of the hills down to the hood to buy more coke and more heroin than than any of us could even imagine. That's when it became an epidemic. But the but the, the numbers on the war on drugs, the numbers were actually going down at the time Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan started this just say no thing, the numbers were actually declining then. But in the media, they had you think it was going up while they were putting a, a process in place
0: to start shipping
3: drugs into the community.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You okay,
0: Corey, hold right there. Okay, Lynn, you disagreed with them. Go ahead with your uh, two minute statement. Who, me? Yes.
4: Oh, I'm sorry, you said Thea. Yeah. Okay. Um... I didn't fully disagree. I wanted to just interject and say a few things, because you brought up a lot, Corey, and in terms of discussing the realm of police and their role, it just, it's also how, how what I heard was just how you were defining, honestly, a systemic system that is this fueling exploitation, fueling violence, and is filled with corruption. Historically, these systems are built off of corruption, exploitation, and violence.
1: Of course. And so mm-hmm.
4: in terms of where, you know, what, what now, so to speak, or where do we go from here, it's creating our new system and in the process of, well, what works for us in terms of reclaiming and recognizing our own power. Uh, well, I, well, well this, I agree
3: with you. I agree with
4: you. Yeah. So, yeah, it was more so in an agreement. And in terms of infiltration and the epidemics, I would just say in terms of language, it wasn't, I mean, the minorities, I can't speak. You know what I mean? In terms of infiltration or fellow minorities, I wouldn't say like, you know, oh, it was actually Arab Because it also has to be rooted too in actual, like the housing policy and the housing right uh costs and the systemic discrimination that exists within that realm of real estate.
3: Okay. I agree with I agree with you. I I I I think we have the same view, I'm just saying it in a different I'm way. Sure we do. Because, okay. because because it's it's, it's a machine. This capitalistic machine capitalizes. And, and in capitalization, for every system that's put in place to fix something, there's something behind the scenes. It's the story behind the story that actually uproots that. For instance, Bill Gates gave Absolutely. $600 million yeah. to the United Negro College Fund, but he funds the uh, depopulation of third world countries.
1: In, over over in africa he he mm. he
3: funded some things on the back end that actually helped with the depopulation of, of of African nations and on the front end on the surface, given this money and and, and this by the way, these funds that were given to the United negro college fund are, are are stipend out over a period i think of twenty to twenty five years where you get a big tax break, you get to make you get to secure this money and make interest as you give it away in bits and pieces, you don't lose any money. That's actually a profitable thing for him to do right there while he's also addressing the issue of overpopulation, meaning basically that uh, the the, the, the uh, uh, Caucasian population is at a negative procreation rate right now.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: That's yeah. Right. Minor- That's right. When have you known minorities to be the majority in South in South Africa when it was apartheid and it was two hundred fifty thousand right whites running a billion black black people, uh, and here in the United States when you have that one percent that 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 governs over yellow, red, brown, and black people. When those are the only two, you look at you look at Syria, uh, North Korea. Uh, 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 who else, Um, um, Syria, North Korea, uh, Cuba, which is going through some changes now. There's another country. But those are the the countries that we seem to have issue with, and and coincidentally, those are the only four uh, uh, countries that don't have U.S. banking systems in place. Iraq has U.S. banks there. Every place democracy goes, uh, capitalism goes. Every place democracy goes, capitalism goes. And Muammar Gaddafi was about to change uh, their country into uh, a resource where the currency was 24-karat gold and all their uh, uh, diamonds and all their natural things. we look at it on television, he's supposed to be killing all of his people and everything. CIA is complicit in how they make this stuff go along with the media. They needed to kill that dude and get him out of there so, that European money could still be what controls uh, this capitalistic world, world. And this new world order is trying to bring this whole globe under one hierarchy. And, okay, And, and, hold and on if
0: right we let there, that happen, we, we've got that's, that's going to be part on, of the problem.
1: Uh-huh. Hold,
0: hold on, we've got a new caller. Let me take a caller okay. right now. Okay. okay. And uh, hey, you're on Straight Talk and you want to state your name. Do you have a comment or question?
6: Are you talking about me, Barbara? I, I don't know what yes. the subject is today, uh, uh, so I just got on.
0: Start. Welcome. Uh, we have uh, the sisters that actually closed the Bay Bridge uh, yesterday well. in protest uh, of the injustices that are going on in black lives and the gentrification happening in Oakland, the displacement. So we've been talking about that, and, and we've had a rousting Conversation and we're so glad that you were able to call in. Uh, did you have a question of her right now? She's on the well.
6: Way. Not a question. I do know one thing. If you talking about Black Lives, I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody paid any attention to the uh, Republican debate when asked uh, uh, about Black Lives Matter. Christie or Chris Christie said that, that the president embraces Black Lives Matter because he wants to see police killed. Now. In, 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 nobody on that stage rebutted that. None of the commentators said anything about. Whoa! Wait a minute! Hold up!
1: Well, hold your horses!
6: You. So they said that and Christie said on national TV that Black Lives Matter is a is a movement, and so did Bill Riley. Oh, by the way, Bill Riley said it's a movement that that kill police. That Obama is supporting uh, a group that's out to kill
4: police. Wait, this is aired today? Huh? No, no like Republican
6: National Convention uh, Sorry. Um, uh, okay. uh, debate aired last Thursday or Friday. Sorry. Yeah, it was on, on, on TV last Thursday. But Chris Christie would ask, what do you think or what is your summation of the, the Black Lives Matter movement? No, and after Christie said that, nobody said anything about Black Lives Matter because they didn't want to touch it because let's understand this. The Republican Party's base is white supremacists, hate mongers, Demons uh, can't go into a church with bursts the flames. That's who they are. Let's,
1: Hallelujah. Understand that.
6: Uh-huh. Now, let's understand that. Let's get that clear. They don't like you. They don't, they don't, they'd much rather see you dead. That's what Donald Trump's base is
1: haters. Yeah, he I mean, he's got
6: white supremacists making robocalls for him. And, and not, not he don't have them doing it, but white supremacists are making robocalls for him in Iowa and right now. But we yeah, have to understand okay. the, the, the attraction of Donald Trump is that he's a smooth-talking racist. That's what it is. That's what it is. i've made mm-hmm. money on that, billion, a billion dollars, so I can come up like him. That, that's who, what it
3: who, is. Who has who, had the opportunity to bankrupt this country through Chapter 13, I don't know how many times. This guy gets a loan every times? time his, every time he has financial yeah, I mean, issues.
6: Yeah, but I mean, today, I mean, today he said Donald Trump trumpeted the fact that he got, a support, got an endorsement from John Wayne's uh, daughter. Do we know that John Wayne was a racist? He said that blacks are inferior, and that he doesn't believe in giving handouts, and, and he are they're intellectually inferior. Okay, and he also John uh, John Wayne was one of the first people to to ruin a lot of people's lives through that McCarthyism shit. Okay, he was. He was. He was a spearhead on that shit, turning people in and ruining people's lives and putting them in jail for for uh, 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 what they call it uh, suppression and um uh, and so we have to understand what we're dealing with. But this man now is, you know, now saying I have this movie hero that, that supported me. Donald, Donald Trump and John Wayne never went to war, but they want to play like they're tough. John Wayne got a deferment, so, so did Donald Trump.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Well, we, yeah. thank you, Mr. <laughs> we, we thank you, Mr. Nomos. We're really at the end of our show right now. We thank you for your salacious Great comments piece. there. Great Absolutely. Piece. He comes right in and gives it to us. I want to go back to... <laughs> Uh, Dr. Kwaku. Dr. Kwaku, um, you know, we know that you have something that we need in our community. And we know that you have serviced us. We know that you have uh, been a friend to many organizations. We know that you have the organization Family Solutions. We know that you've been a friend to 1,000 Mothers and Lorraine Taylor. And we also know that you have been an educator a philanthropist, a doctor, a pastor, a healer, a minister of information. And we also know that soon, as in a couple of weeks from now, you're going to have your own show that's going to be branched out on this network. Could you tell us a little bit, just in 30 seconds, we're pressed for time, what your show is going to be about and what night it's going to be on so everybody can listen and patronize. Go ahead.
2: All right, in 30 seconds, I can't do anything. So vibration. <laughs> February the 4th, 730, same station here, and the show is going to be about giving answers, uh, trying to give people tools so that they can navigate their way through this system. But let me just say one thing. We, anytime we get involved with the ideology, dialogue, let me just say, all phases of European psychology is detrimental to black psychology lives, all phases of it. It, it. The very essence of what it's all about means that somebody has to be number two. I say, you know, we need to reclaim our power. We need to reclaim our blackness. We need to reclaim our Africanism. And we need to stay true to that. And I have, a, I have a real plan here, and I'm taking a little bit more seconds than I norm. But if I could get 5% of black people, 40 million black people, just send me $1 to Family Solutions, Inc., Family Solutions, Inc., I could open up mental health centers. $1 from 5% of the African people. We have power. We don't use it. We continue to spend our money with the people who are the enemy. If you're gonna give the enemy your money, you're giving him your power. And thank you mm. and good night, folks.
0: Now, now what night is it going yes. to be on, Pastor Quaker? Uh seven thirty.
2: Eastern
0: Thursday time. night. Okay. Thursday. So everybody, just so you know, our schedule is as as it stands, the magic hour, the specific time, seven thirty. So on Mondays we have Compton Politics. Uh coming from Los Angeles, California. And then we have on Tuesdays, of course, your girl, Straight Talk with Hired Brush. On Wednesday, we have Roslyn's Corner from Roslyn's Jordan Mills. She's our entertainment head, and she's the guru in Los Angeles and has wonderful musical uh, talent that comes on her show, and they talk about riveting um, uh, information that is due and dear to all of us. And then now we have a new show we're welcoming Thursday. I'm going to go to Corey. Corey? Corey, are you there?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, now I understand, Corey, that you're going to be involved with this show too. So tell me a little bit about what the name of the show is and what you're going to be doing for this show uh, that you two are doing in unison on Thursday night.
3: Well, uh, again, my name is Corey Jeffries. Uh, I have an organization called the Jeffries Peace Project. I'll be co-hosting Soul Vibrations with Doctor Nanana Kwaku. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, I've been blessed to to uh, uh, get involved with various projects with Doctor Kwaku. Uh, we 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 met on uh, uh, with the Positive Network Group. Uh, which was a a station that we were on uh, uh over the last couple of years together, but um again it's about liberate, liberating our people, finding solutions through uh education uh renewing your mind and and and, and, and holding um, uh, our real role models at home accountable for things so that's february fourth it's one of the best birthday presents I could have my birthday is the very next day february fifth so I'm really looking forward to working with Dr. Kwaku on Slow Vibrations with Towards 25th Century Living, you know, this wonderful global multimedia entertainment company.
0: Wow, I love it. Yay. Well, welcome aboard. And I'm telling you, you heard it first here at Straight Talk with Firefresh. Now I want to come to the lovely uh, Thea. Am I saying your name right? Is it Thea? Yes, you
4: are. Yeah, it's Thea. Okay.
0: Sophia, I want to give you two minutes, and I want you to give us, again, we have most of our listeners on right now. So I want you to give us a brief synopsis of what you did yesterday, how that is going to influence our tomorrow, and what we can do if we want to get behind and help you.
4: Okay. Yes. Well, first of all, I just want to express my gratitude and say thank you. I'm very – I feel very honored and – privilege to be here among Dr. Ku, um, what is it? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting all your names. <laughs> Corey, so uh, names. Dr.
2: Corey, it's, it's
4: Dr. Craig Koo. Dr. Uh-huh. Ku, excuse me, and Andre, yes, Andre Ward, he's the CEO. Yes, that's, that's
1: yes. Me. and
4: then yes,
0: and we have Edward
4: Edward Nomo, and we have uh, Corey Jeffries. That's right. Go ahead. All right. Well, thank you all for the service and, uh. Yesterday, January 18, 2016, was a beautiful, inspiring direct action that took place on the Bay Bridge. Uh, Bay Bridge going to San Francisco westbound. Um, protesters and activists of the Black Seed, which is a black queer collective of gender queer men, women, bodies, all all types, were involved in this action. And it took a lot of work, and it was well organized. And with that, we honor and celebrate Dr. King's legacy, and we continue on with the demands in terms of what's next, how to honor and proclaim Black Lives Matter, what to do in the economic and political front, what to do on the front lines, and in terms of uh, support, there are social media in terms of like footage to share, in terms of uh, pages to like, and in terms of financial support, especially for Black Seed, in terms of carrying on with such actions, on generosity.com, there's a a GoFundMe or a way to help donate in case of, you know, anything that we may possibly need Mm -hmm. your money for.
1: Yes.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I just personally want to take this moment to thank you. And I tell you, everybody, you can go to Barbara McGee to my Facebook. I'm a harmless soul out there. And uh, you can see the riveting photos of these beautiful women and participants on the bridge as they were chained to their cars to stand up for uh, not just me, not just you, but those people who no longer can speak for themselves, those who have lost their lives at the hands of police violence, police terrorism, gun violence, uh, who have lost their, their, their lives to random shootings, who have lost their lives to uh, uh, um of being displaced, moved out, looked over, you know, just pushed out, kicked out, outpriced. Uh, It's phenomenal what they've done to us in the broad daylight. And so it takes courage. It takes commitment. And it takes uh, a certain sensitivity to bring it like you guys brought it yesterday. And I want you to know that I was standing in my living room with a full-on salute,
1: with all four
0: TVs going. And I have to give a quick shout-out to my friend, Frank Somerville, who put an end to the nonsense of all the reporters who were talking about the inconvenience of the million people on the bridge and started naming off Frank Somerville, Channel 2, named off Well, they're asking for the resignation of Mayor Libby Schaaf Sure. The resignation of uh, the captain of uh, chief of police in San Francisco, Grace sure. They're asking for uh, the stopping of displacement of those of color in Oakland. They're asking for recognition of black lives that are being killed in the street, terrorized. They're asking for policemen, officers who are shooting our children to be jailed. And taken off the store and not taken home <coughs> with baby leave.
1: Um,
0: so he went down the list. And I want to commend him for that because he was the only news reporter that did so. Um, Beautiful.
1: I want to go to Andre Beautiful.
0: Because Andre is our CEO and he makes all this possible with Teachers 5CL, a dot com where you can go and download music. You can go and see some of our artists who are local and some are worldwide. You can buy black books. You can log on and, you know, uh, uh, go ahead and graze and kind of see what we have to offer, and then you can patronize the shows that I told you about. And the new show coming up, Soul Vibrations, on Thursday night, 7.30, with Pastor Kwaku and Corey Jeffries. So, Andre, you want to wrap it up in two minutes to go?
5: Well, I don't want too much time, but I just want to thank everybody for coming on the show this evening. And I'm definitely proud of the sisters and the work that they did yesterday and looking forward to the future with the new shows that's that's coming up and the great things that are going to be happening here at T25CL Entertainment and all the friendships that we make here over the Gallup Talk Network. And it's just amazing and all the people that we have encountered over a couple of years, we started and got a couple of years. And uh, not necessarily the number that's big, but it's just the quality of the people that have come through here and the things that they're doing, whether it's uh, music or motion pictures or even like what happened yesterday and, and people who are looking out after our, our people and, and their lives and their endeavors. And so um, I'm just happy to do this and love what we're doing and appreciate all the moder- moderators here on the, on the radio show. So let's keep up the great work. Let's move forward. And we definitely want um, uh, the sisters to come back and, and support us. As we support you. We support one another. And I can say and this is how we make a change just the way that we're doing it right now because no politician is going to do it. No preacher is going to do it. No college classroom is going to do it. It's just that we and women. going to take charge and get full of our own destiny, that's what we have to do, and we do it right here at the T25CO Network. So we'll see you tomorrow night.
1: Well, Bye. I just
0: want to I I thank everybody. And I just wanted to say to you again, with your organization Black Seed and the collectives that you belong to, uh, you can always reach out and touch me. I'm Barbara, and I'm the host and facilitator for this show, Story Talk, with the Higher Brush. And this is our mission. Our mission uh, is I have a co-host. He's not here tonight. He's traveling with Rodney. Beth, hey, how you doing out there? He's a wealth expert. Uh, but what we want to do is bring a consciousness, and we want to uh, reinterpret. Uh, what's really going on in our community and to our community? We want to be able to have a panel of people that can help us to move forward and to leave from this conversation with a, a positive edification to understand that we do have the ability to change this thing. We do have the ability to stand up. We do have the ability to communicate without using their method of communication, where we will be censored, where we will be re-tooled, where they can put their skin on it. That's why I reached out to you, and I thank you for um, coming on in a timely fashion. We're going to email this out to all of our constituents tomorrow. You can send me your email address, and I will send you the show live. Everybody, next week we're getting closer and closer and closer to their precious Super Bowl that's going down. So I just want to tell you right here, from Straight Talk with the Higher Brush, we're going to be on the ground. We're going to be looking. We're going to be seeing. We're going to be checking stuff out. We're going to, be, going to probably even try to plan some live remotes. So anyway, we thank you, and uh, we want to thank all of our panelists, Pastor Kwaku, uh, Corey Jeffries, uh, Edward Nomos, uh, Mr. Andre Ward for his time and his talent. I want to give a shout-out to Rosalind Jordan Mills out there. We love you. Our show is tomorrow at Wednesday night, 7.30, tune in. And we want to thank the lovely Cia, correct? Yes.
4: We want yes, to thank, thank you. Joseph.
0: We thank you, and we thank you for being so beautiful, mm-hmm. being so smart, being so awake, and being so dutiful in caring for your people. And we commend you. We respect you. We honor you, and God bless you. Okay, thank you, to too. everybody. Thank you all, and to all listening, we thank you. We'll see you here next week. And to all a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good night.
1: Thank you. Good night. Good
0: night. Thanks, good night. Barbara. Good night. You're welcome. Love. Good night.